0: Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irvin, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Uh, we are in week number two of a series for the month of October that we're calling Ghost Stories. And in this series, I hope to really shine a light on um, who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, why he's important to our lives, and kind of clear up maybe any misconceptions that we might have um, about the Holy Spirit. Our series verse comes out of John chapter 16, out of, in verse 7. It says this, Jesus is saying, He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And how crazy is it that that Jesus, the savior of all mankind, the son of God, the promised one of Israel, he's telling his disciples, you know what? It'll actually be better for you if I go away. It'll be better for you if I'm not here because, and he gives the payoff there, the, it, it's, it's a good reason. He said, it, "If unless I go away, I'm not going to be able to send the Holy Spirit back to be your helper, to be your guide, to be your advocate, to be your comforter. But if I do go, I'm able to send him back. And he brings with it all of these things that, see, Jesus was constricted, not in his abilities, but Jesus was constricted because he could only be one person in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit is so much different than that. The Holy Spirit can be all places at all times. And so now, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is able to reach a greater world. In fact, Jesus said himself, he said, hey, these works that that you've seen me do, he told his disciples, you'll do these same things and you'll do greater than that. And and he's not talking about greater in magnitude, as in we're going to do greater works than Jesus. He's talking about more in multitude. Like you're going to see these... You see these things, and, and because the Holy Spirit's coming back to you, you're going to be able to do them. You're going to see it spread across the whole world. And so Jesus is he, he's going away here, but he says, I'm sending back my Holy Spirit. And so it's important for us to know what, are, what, what is it about this Holy Spirit that that makes, it, that makes him so good that Jesus said, it's good for you if I go away that I can send him back to you. You know, Christian, <clears throat> Christian means little Christ. The word Christian means little Christ because and, and, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Well, now we can be Christ walking in all situations. We can model him because his Holy Spirit is living inside each one of us. And so we're able to work in a greater, a greater way. Now, we could spend months talking about the Holy Spirit and never really even cover everything that, that I want to, but, but I hope this series is a good kind of intro to you to get your, get your wheels turning, and maybe you can study some on your own about the Holy Spirit. But um, I'm going to do my best to bring you some messages that are real practical to you, but also some messages that have some educational value as well on the, on the Bible that you read. I wonder if you remember the days in school... Where uh, you would you'd play on the the or maybe in your childhood you know you'd play on the playground or um, you'd go to the park. You guys, anybody here remember those days? I know they're a little bit different today. I don't know what kids do today, but but I used to go outside a lot and play. We didn't have all the gadgets and gizmos and the fancy phones. You're like, oh my God, he's talking about phones again. Nope, that's the last time I'm going to mention it today. Okay, but but you know we we had all these things and we'd go out to play. And uh, and you know I didn't get a I didn't get a text or a phone call to let me know it's time to come in. What did y'all have? The street lights came on, right? You just when those street lights came on, it's time to go on inside. And I remember as a kid going out to the playground or the park. Or actually, I grew up when I was in uh, elementary school. I grew up in the in a trailer park and. And this trailer park, in the middle of it, was this large open field. It's probably not as big today as I remember it being back then. But there's this big open field, and we would all, all the kids, there was a bunch of kids there that lived there. And they would all come, and every day after school, we'd meet up at this this center field, and we'd play games and football and and tag and and all these things. And it was a great time. And, And there was this one game that we would play. I don't know if you remember it or not, but the game was called Follow the Leader, Anybody ever played follow the leader before? So, so what would happen, the basic premise of the game is everybody lines up in you know, one single file line, there's a, there's a line leader and, and they would do some kind of action and then everybody behind would have to do, you know, the same thing. They'd have to follow the lead of that first person and so whether it's like, you know, flailing their arms about waving them like a crazy person, whatever, um, maybe it was like squatting down and, I'm not going to do this for you, squatting down and duck walking <laughs> Uh, not because I can't. I was cleared from physical therapy. I'm just saying, y'all. Anyway, shout out Apex. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, I need a I need a sponsorship now. Um, so anyway, but they they squat down, maybe they duck walk or something like that. And and here's where I hated it though. When the when the line leader was really fast, they would always know if I just sprint as fast as I can. Like, I'm going to lose people, and I I know it's hard to believe, but I was never much of a runner. Like I know these short legs, you're like, what? I don't believe it. No, it's true. It's true, believe it or not. And so, um, I never have been, and I, by God, I probably never will be. The Bible says the wicked run when nobody's chasing them. Okay, that's my life verse, so... Y'all run if you want to, but you stay wicked. Um, but it never fails that the person in front would always be really fast, and they would just take off running. I'd stay with them for a while, you know. I'm, but, but after a while, I'm dropping back, and I'm huffing, and I'm, and I'm puffing, and I, I'd usually I'd get out. But here's where I would win at the game. I'd win at the game when the person that, that was in front was trying to be a little bit of s- sneaky, and, you know, you, got, you always got the person that's overthinking and, like, maybe they're doing something to really distract you with their left hand. They might cross their fingers on their right hand and, and they're trying to be really sneaky. Well, I would notice that because ever since I was real little, I've always been a person who notices the details like so I've seen, I've seen the laughs when I walk around and I straighten all of the, the packets in your chairs. Like, that's me. I'm straightening them up and trying to. And the team's laughing at me, but that's okay. I, I like to pay attention to all the little details. So like maybe they're crossing their fingers. Maybe they're maybe they're picking their nose. Listen, I'm going all in. I'm in it to win it, baby. So if they're picking their nose, I'm picking my nose. You know, just it's it, that's what that's what happens. But I would I would I would pay attention to all the little details. Cause, cause, and that's where I would be successful and, and in winning this, this game of follow the leader. And I was, I was always able to tune in, to, to focus and, 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 and pay attention to the leader. And because of that, I'd really start being successful at the game if somebody up front didn't take off in a full-blown run. But can I make a case to you this morning that, that follow the leader really applies more to your life right now than you might have ever thought it would. That, that you have a leader, especially if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you, you've picked your line leader. Like you've picked the one that you should be modeling and following after. And if you're really gonna be successful, you need to learn how to tune in you need to learn how to focus. You need to learn how to, to, to pay attention to how God is moving and pay attention to how God is directing you to move. And Jesus knew this. Jesus was actually the master of this. In John chapter 5, verse 19, it says this, you can follow along on the screens behind me or on your message notes. Um, you've got them there in front of you as well. Uh, Jesus explained this to, to, uh, to the people around him. He said, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. And listen, he only does uh, what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son also does. He said, I'm, I'm just playing this big game of follow the leader. I'm just doing everything that I see the Father do. If I, if I see the Father do it, I'm doing it. If he doesn't do it, I'm not going to do it. God's the leader. It, just like Jesus' model in here, we need to learn how to turn into what he's, to, to, to lean into what he's saying, to tune into what he's saying, how he's moving, how he's directing us to move on his behalf. Message title of your message today is, Follow the Leader. So, so turn to your neighbor, everybody say, Sam, following, I'm following, I'm following, Sam, following. So when we talk about um, following the leader, when we talk about God's, God's leading us, um, there's, there's really four primary ways that, that you'll see God leading you in your life. I'm gonna go through these really fast, but I just want you to know this for a baseline. This is in your notes. Um, primary ways that God leads us uh, first, He leads us through His Word. He leads us through his word. And when I say his word, what I mean is the written word that you have in front of you, the Bible. God's leading us through his Bible. In fact, your, your Bible is the ultimate authority of everything. So, so everything else in your life should submit to the Bible. And in these other three, the ways that God leads us, I'll say it like this. If, if, if they don't agree with what the Bible says, the Bible takes precedence. So whatever's written is going to take precedence over everything else you might have thought you heard or what you thought you experienced. If it's not in agreement with the Bible, it's not in agreement with God's word, that's not God leading you, okay? So God leads us primarily through his word. But then, um, and I believe these are in order of uh, importance. Um, second, God will lead us through his voice, his voice, you know, God is speaking to us. He's, he's, he's guiding us. He's directing us. He's, he's showing us things to come. He's guiding us through, leading us through His voice. And then uh, we're going to talk about that a, a little bit more this morning, but um, the third one, God will lead us through our situations, where we find ourselves in life. You know, God, God will use a situation in order to direct you where to go. And he'll use situations to to also direct you to steer clear of things. Like he'll use these situations in your life um, in order to guide you and to lead you. If you look back on your life, there's probably a couple opportunities that you missed or that you bypassed. And you say, you know what, that was a good thing because I wouldn't have ended up where I am today if I would have said yes to those things or if I wouldn't have bypassed those things. Or maybe you got put in a situation and you are where you are today today. Because you said yes to the situation, so he leads us through his uh, our situation. Then finally, he leads us through other people. Other people. Now, uh, I wanted to say his people, but that's not always necessarily the case. Because uh, one time God led a man um, on the. I'm, I'm going to watch my language here, but he he led a man um, through a donkey. And so it wouldn't. Just, it just wasn't his people, but God can lead you through those type of people too, you know. I'm just, just you'll get in a second. Um, but anyway, other people. God is God can lead us through other people as well. That there are people that have a voice in your life. I hope I'm a person that spiritually have a voice in your life. That if you're if you're struggling with something, you don't know how to make a decision, you can come to me and say, "Hey, Pastor." Cool. Um, I don't know what to do, and and I, I I promise you, I'm always praying for you. And I may not have an answer for you, but but there may be a case where where I do because God has shown me. And and but what I want to say is, other people should only confirm what God has already shown you. Like there's not going to be something that's like that that. You shouldn't get before Prophet Grand Poobah and, you know, whatever his name is, and and he gives you a word that disagrees with the direction that you felt your entire life that you should be taking. That's probably not God, okay? But God will use other people in cases to guide you and to lead you and to influence you. So this morning... I really want to cue into one of these um, because it is really expressly how the Holy Spirit is involved um, as we're being led by God, as we're um, being led. And and I want to talk to you for a couple minutes this morning about the voice of God, the voice of God. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says this, and he makes this grand statement. He says, "'My sheep hear my voice.'" And I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And a few verses earlier than this in, this, in this same talk, Jesus makes the statement that the sheep follow the voice of their shepherd, but they don't follow the voice of a stranger. And so there's a couple things I want to point out real quick about this. First thing, when Jesus talks here, Jesus is the good shepherd that he's talking about. He says, "My sh- the sheep will follow the shepherd's voice. And, and you know, they've done, They I don't know how much you guys have really gotten into looking up shepherds and things online. Probably not much because it's not a big deal over here. But over in Europe, they'll show you that like you can have the sheep's shepherd standing here and you can put another person uh, like, you know, a hundred feet that way. And they could both be saying, hey, come here, come here, whatever, and the sheep will, will they'll, go, they'll flock to the shepherd. They'll, they'll walk to the shepherd. And so Jesus, in this scenario, he is the good shepherd, and we're the sheep. Every one of us is, is the sheep, and we should be, you know, following Jesus' voice. And the second thing I want to point out here, God is speaking. If the sheep have a, a voice that they follow, that, the implication here is that God is always communicating with us. If he says, my sheep know my voice, they recognize it and they follow it, the implication is that God is actually speaking to you and to me. He's actively speaking to us or else there wouldn't be any voice to recognize. So God still speaks today. Jesus is still speaking today. And in John chapter 16, Jesus tells us that one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is that he hears from Jesus and then he relays it to us. That's one of his jobs. He hears from Jesus and then he relays it to us. And, and, and listen, this is, this is how it works. Okay, follow me here. The voice of Jesus that we're supposed to follow is gonna be communicated to you and to me, but it's gonna be communicated through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying it and it's getting to you, but it's the Holy Spirit that's revealing it to you. You guys following me? Okay, it's, I say that, This is why it's so important, because I'm going to teach you some theology this morning, okay? It's just real simple. Um, Theology just means the study of God, and and I'm going to teach you something real simple this morning. Here is the truth, that the, the Holy Spirit inhabits your being from the moment that you make a profession of faith and commit your life to God. From that instance that you make that profession of faith, the Holy Spirit inhabits your eternal being. That's what saves you. That's what makes you a different person from the inside out. I say that because there are doctrines out there, there are teachings out there within different churches and denominations that, that teach you that you aren't saved until you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they're putting the cart before the horse. Okay? The, the, you are only saved because the Holy Spirit indwells in your body. Okay, you you guys understand? the only reason you're saved is because when you make that profession of faith it's the Holy Spirit that comes inside you and transforms you from the inside out that's the only reason and it's important to know this because you have to to recognize this that if the Holy Spirit inhabits my being then I can also um, when I recognize that I belong to God then the Holy Spirit is speaking to me if, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, he's relaying everything that Jesus says, and I've made my profession of faith, then it's the Holy Spirit that is, that is speaking to me. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice. But he doesn't stop there. Jesus said, not only do we hear it, but my sheep follow my voice. My, they, they follow it. My sheep know my voice, and they follow it. And listen, this is the difference between hearing and obeying, This is the the prime indicator of which shepherd do you belong to. Because there's a a whole lot of voices out there that are calling out for you. And which shepherd are you going to follow? Because Jesus said, my sheep are going to follow my voice. But the opposite is is also true. That that if you don't belong to Jesus, you're not going to follow his voice. So you can kind of tell who's ruling your life, who's who's looking over your life, by whose voice you're going to follow by, by, but why, what life situations are you pursuing? Who are you submitting your life to? Jesus says, if you're mine, you're going to submit your life to me. You're going you're to follow me. When I call you, you're going you're gonna to answer. This is the difference between hearing and obeying. But if we know we're supposed to follow the voice of God, we're supposed to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you this morning just three points um, One, two, three. Of how do we follow the voice of the Holy Spirit? Not how do we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as much, but how do we follow the voice of the Holy Spirit? Number one, you got to silence the noise. You've got to silence the noise. Silence the noise. You know, the world is noisy. You guys, I mean... I, I'm not living here alone. You guys know it. The world the world is a noisy place. Every day we're just surrounded by hustle and bustle. Our our lives are ruled by the drama and the chaos that surrounds us. Like that's that's just that's how that's that's the truth of the matter. If you turn on the news station, you look in the paper, you open up Facebook and Instagram, you're gonna immediately be immersed in bad news. Like, that's what sells, people. Bad news sells. This is, this, is what, this is what culture thrives on. Culture thrives on the drama of every situation, the bad things happening all around us. And in reality, most of what you read, most of what you watch, most of what you experience with culture is insignificant in this thing that we call life. It's insignificant. The problem is this. We turn up the volume so loud on all the insignificant matters that we can't really hear what really matters. you got to silence the noise. And I know, I know that you can't hear what really matters when you're, when you're overstimulated with the cares and the burdens of this world because I'm going to show you here in a second. This is how I know. Because if, you're, if you are driving and, and you're starting to get lost or you're looking for a turn real hard, what's the first thing that you do? you turning down the radio, which I do it myself too because obviously turning down the radio is gonna help me see better, right? It's just, but that's what we do. You know why we do it? Because we're so overstimulated. In order to focus, we need to, we need to silence the noise. We gotta silence the, the, the chaos that's happening all around us and that's just not true for um, the, the physical noise. That's true for the noise in your soul, that's true for the noise and the things that you're dealing with. You've got to turn those issues down. You've got, to, you've got to quiet those things. We need to quiet the noise happening all around us before we can address the important issues that are, that are at hand. And, and, and once again, Jesus knew this. He's, he's wise. He knew this. He knew that before he was able to listen for God's voice, he had to quiet the chaos. Matthew chapter 9 will, is a great, a great picture of this. Matthew chapter nine, what happens is Jesus is asked to come to this house because apparently this this young girl has died. She's passed away. And and in the day, in the culture in the Jewish day, they would they would make a big deal about that. Like people, they'd have people that their only job was to come to the site of the person that has passed away and they just wail. They just scream and cry and like they're paid to do it. It's just, it's the weirdest thing I've ever read about. But they just wail. They just, they make so much noise. And so what happens is Jesus gets to this house. And when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and he saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, because somebody brought bagpipes or whatever to this. <laughs> I don't, doesn't seem appropriate, but they did it anyway. When, when Jesus did that and the people playing pipes, he said this. He said, Go away, the girl's not dead, but she's asleep. And they laughed at him. Obviously, obviously she, was, she was dead, right? But, but Jesus is trying to show something here. He said, hey, she's not gone. Like, she's she about to wake back up. And, and, but they laughed at him. And after the crowd, listen, after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Now, this story is awesome. This story is amazing. Uh, it, it's just another story that shows that Jesus has the power over death, that he's conquered the power over death, um, and he brought this girl back from the dead. But something that, that, that kind of struck me, that stood out to me in this passage, that before Jesus performed the miracle, he had to first put the noise out of the room. He had to put everything else out of the room, all those those pipes and the wailing. He said, "Nah, y'all can't stay here. You you ain't got to go home, but you got to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? So he put him outside the door, and and he put the noise out first because he needed to listen. He needed to hear. He needed to hear exactly what, what God was saying to do so that he could do it because he said, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father Do. I don't if the Father does it, I do it. Otherwise, I don't. So this is why you see all throughout the the you know the four gospels, there's people that get healed and they all get healed different ways. Like somebody, their sight gets healed because he spits in some dirt and makes some mud and slaps it on their eyeballs. Y'all I have to be real bold one day. Somebody blind comes in, God says, slap some mud on them. So okay. Whatever you say, y'all just get me out of jail, okay? Just bail me out. But there's some times where Jesus just spits right on their eyeballs. Then there's other times where Jesus just says, be healed. And he does it all different ways, but he's tuned in to what God's saying. And that's the reason that it's not always the cookie cutter, hey, lay hands on them there, and and you say, be healed, and they're healed. No, there's, God will direct you. And, And so in this moment, Jesus is needing God's direction, and, he, and so he puts the noise out of the room first because he needs to hear what God is trying to say. He has to put the noise out that's cluttering all the airwaves. And here's what you've got to do. If you want to hear God's voice, you've got to quiet the noise. You've got to quiet the noise. Some of y'all, that may be physical. You're like, some of y'all, you're like, wait a second. Mama needs an hour in the morning let me get my coffee, and then y'all can come in. I'm going to lock that door, but y'all can come in afterward. Some of y'all need that, but, but, but even more than that, not the physical noise. Some of you guys need to quiet the noise in your soul. There's so much going on right now. There's so much swirling around that, that everything's competing for your attention, and you got to choose to put some things outside of the room so that you can really hear what God is speaking Sometimes you got to you got to say goodbye to some relationships for a season because they're just they're just cluttering things up. This is the, this was one of the first things that I learned I had to do when I gave my life to Jesus. I couldn't go back to where I was because they're trying to pull me. Listen, <laughs> I got hit in the face one day because I said by by one of the people that I used to drink with because I said I didn't want to drink anymore. I need to put him out of the room, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was only half saved, so I might have hit him back. I might not, I don't know. <laughs> I was only half saved. Anyway, but some of you guys, there's relationships, there's, there's things that are pulling on your attention, there's, there's things that are trying to distract you from the, from the real issue, the real matter at hand. you got to put that out. you got to put that out of the room so you can really begin to hear God's voice and what he's speaking Listen, some of you guys haven't heard God's voice, God's direction, the Holy Spirit's voice in a while. Probably it's not because he stopped speaking to you. It's probably because you can't hear him anymore because everything else is turned up too loud. You got your radio up. You got to turn that thing down. We got we to gotta silence the noise. If you want to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, you got to silence the noise. Then number two, number two, you got to listen for the unexpected you got to listen for the unexpected and I, I mean that I mean you got to listen for what you don't expect to hear so many people have these preconceived notions of what God is going to say or how God is going to say it or what he's going to ask them to do and what he wants accomplished but sometimes those things that we expect to hear sometimes we're only, we're only listening for those we're only listening sometimes for those things that we want to hear like some of us, you want to hear, yeah. Go take that. Go take. You want to hear, hey, yeah. Go take that opportunity. Go to go go play ball for that school that has a better a better record than you. Some of us want to hear that. When God is saying, no, you need to stay planted where you're at because I've got something for you to do where you are, and it's it might not be as luxurious, but but this is where you're needed. See, some of us we're making decisions. We're making decisions based on what we want God's voice to be saying and not what his voice actually is saying. And this isn't how God communicates. He doesn't communicate through always through our expectations. In fact, more often than not, he speaks the unexpected. And you're, you're sitting there ignoring God's direction because it doesn't make sense or because it's not what you want to hear. There's a story in 1 Kings that I want us to flip over to this morning or swipe over to this morning. 1 Kings chapter 19 And I'll set this up. The prophet Elijah, very famous prophet, okay? If you've ever heard about prophets in the Bible, his is probably, if not the first, the second name on your list. Elijah is very important. And he's in a life-altering situation right here in, in chapter 19. And he just defeated, he had just defeated all these prophets of Baal, this the the false deity of the day. He he just defeated all these prophets. He'd he'd rain. He he asked God to cast down fire and light this thing up. And they even soaked this whole this whole pile of wood and everything. They soaked it with water, and God still lit it on fire. And then Baal didn't do anything. And he said, oh, "Where's your God at now?" So he 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 just defeated all these prophets and made this big show and, and proving to the world around him that Baal was just. He was insignificant and nothing. And and, and so he has this great victory. But then he had a a death threat on his life. He had a death threat by this woman named Jezebel that was the wife to King Ahab. And and so he ran. He got scared and he ran. And he, he got to a place called Horeb. And he was depressed. He got there, he was depressed. He was anxious. He was suicidal. And he just didn't, he didn't know where to go. And if there is ever a time when you needed God to show up and give you some direction, this was it for him. First Kings chapter 19, start, start here in verse 11. The Lord said to Elijah, said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. And I'm Elijah, I'm like, okay, here we go. Because he didn't reveal himself that easy back then, like it wasn't he wasn't all about that life. And so Elijah goes out there. He said, "Okay, I'm here." A- and then a great and a powerful wind tore through the mountains, apart, tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind came, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they've put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there... Anoint Hazael king over Aram. See, Elijah, he needed a word from God in this moment. Like in probably the the darkest moment of his life, depressed, anxious, suicidal, doesn't know where to turn. In the darkest moment of his life, he needed a word from God. But here's what's interesting to me, that God didn't show up and speak how any one of us would have expected while you're reading this text. There was this powerful wind, and it tore through the mountains, and it shattered rocks. How amazing. Man, that was awesome. That must be God. God is the Ruach. He's the wind, so he's the violent wind. That that must be him. But God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake, and it rocked, and it rolled, and it shook everything. And oh, man, what is God trying to say through the earthquake? Maybe he's shaking my life, and he's making all of the unnecessary things fall away. But God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was a fire. Surely God's in the fire, right? Like he's done this before because the Bible refers to him, God is an all-consuming fire. And, and, and Moses, to Moses he was the burning bush and, and this might be my burning bush moment. Elijah would think to himself, but then God wasn't in the fire. And then this is where it gets me. That out of all these situations, then there was a gentle whisper and a voice spoke to Elijah and told him what he needed to do. First, I think it's funny. Uh, earth, wind, and fire. Great band. Has nothing on God, okay? Like, <laughs> earth, when God was the original earth, wind, and fire. Okay. But you mean to tell me There was a violent wind, an earthquake, a raging fire, and God didn't choose to speak through those. You would think if he spoke through anything, he'd want to make himself magnificent and speak through these big things, but he chose to speak through a gentle whisper. Here's what I'm saying. You have to listen for the unexpected. That's where you're going to find God. You got to listen for the unexpected the voice of the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you very rarely is it going to be this moment this powerful event that is shaking with fire and wind no most often when the Holy Spirit speaks to you it's going to be more like a gentle whisper like a gentle nudge in a direction a small impression on your heart on your soul and you got to learn to look and to listen for those Someone described it to me this way when I was just learning how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. They described it like this, that the voice of the Holy Spirit is like a feather that lands on your arm. And you could just as easily shake it off as you could listen to it and hear it. And it's just like that. It's, it's not going to be this, monumentous, uh, uh, this momentous occasion, this monumental occasion. It's more likely going to be that, that gentle nudge. That gentle whisper, "Hey, go go talk to them. Hey, send that person a text. Send that person a, they, they might need it. Put a like on that status. Put a, don't even put a, put a heart on that status. you know what I mean? Likes are so last year. Y'all, I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about it. But, but, but what I want you to notice is that when you do hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you're going to want to respond to it. Like, like you have the choice. He's not going to make you. You could as simply nudge him off as you could hear and follow his voice. But, but if you want to live this full life that God has for you, that the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, you want to respond to his voice. And that leads me to my last point. Number three, to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, you've got to pre-commit to saying yes. You need to pre-commit to saying yes. And that that word stays on my heart. It it constantly stays on my heart. You need to pre-decide. You need to pre-commit. Because here's what happens. If you don't do it, if you don't decide beforehand, before you're in the situation that you're gonna do it, you're gonna say yes to whatever God is asking you to do. If you don't decide beforehand that you're gonna do that, when God speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you're gonna find every possible reason not to do it you're going to find every single excuse in the book as why you can't do what God is asking you to do right then. And I know this because I've lived it. I'm going to to tell you a story. I'm a little embarrassed about this story, but I believe that you can learn more from my failures than you can from my successes. So I'm just going to be open. I'm going to be honest with you, transparent with you this morning. Some years back, probably 2013, 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, I was, I was learning to follow God's leading and, and, and trying to listen and, and, and respond to what he was prompting me to do. And one night, I was out at dinner. I was sitting down at dinner. And, uh, and while I was eating, I, I kind of, I got this impression that the people that were sitting just a table over from me, um, that I needed to go over and pray with them. And, uh, and I'd love to say that I went over there and I did it because that's, I mean, I'm gonna be a pastor one day. Like, what is, what is my job if not praying for people, right? But, and I'd love to say I did it, but I didn't. And, but here's what I did. I said, okay, I know they, not, they might need it, but God, I'm, I'm eating dinner right now. So, so if they hang out, I'll do it a little bit later. I'll just do it when I'm done. Because they're, they're, they got in after me. I'll just, I'll finish my dinner and then I'll go over and, and pray with them. And so the night went on a little bit more and then I started overhearing their conversation. They're, it wasn't that I was eavesdropping. It's, it's almost like their voices got a little bit louder in my ear. And, and, and I started overhearing their conversation and one of them started talking about how they'd just been diagnosed with cancer and how they were struggling to tell their family and they're, they're not knowing what they're going to do. They were just lost. They were broken. They were hurting. And so me, the good Christian, I almost got up and walked over there. But my heart had a different idea. I had another excuse. Well, if I, if I go over there, they're, they're going to know that I've been eavesdropping on their conversation. They're not going to want me to pray for them. They're just going to want me to get away from the table because I'm so rude listening into their conversation. I made that excuse to myself. And I sat there longer and they, f- they finished their meal and they got up and they left the restaurant and I felt God prompt me in that moment I wanted you to pray for her like I really <laughs> that, that's why you were here tonight and so I hit God with this okay God if you want me to pray for her you're going to cause me to run into her just one more time if I see her one more time, then I'll pray for her. And yeah, honestly, when you make that kind of bargain with God, you never think you're going to actually run into that person again. You're just, you're making the empty bargain. Well, guess what? I've, I saw her again. I just, I saw her again on my way out of the restaurant. I saw this lady. She hadn't left yet. She's standing outside of her charter bus talking to somebody because they had bussed a whole group of people in apparently. And you know what I did? I didn't go pray for her. I made the excuse that was really the root of this whole thing God, I can't. I'm too scared. And I left and I never saw that lady again. And as I was driving home, I just couldn't stop thinking about her, I couldn't stop thinking about that woman. God spoke to my heart the Holy Spirit spoke one final thing to me he said what if you were her last chance what if that was it and I broke and I wept I mean I wept for days like on and off I'd think about her again and I'd cry all over again two days later and I was broken over that lady and I never saw her again And I don't know what happened, but you know why I've decided in my heart to pray for any single person who asks me to, to to approach somebody out of the blue and pray for them, even if it makes me a little bit embarrassed and nervous to do it, if God's asking me to do it. It's not because I'm not scared to do it. I'm nervous, just like everybody else. It's not that I don't have plenty of excuses. It's not that I don't think to myself, if if God wants it done, He could send somebody else. I do it because I remember that moment. I remember the moment when the Holy Spirit made that impression on my heart, said, What if you were her last chance? And I made a pre decision. That if God ever gives me the opportunity to pray for someone, to speak life to someone, to follow his guiding, to follow his voice in my life, I'm never going to squander that opportunity ever again. It's not because I'm not scared. It's not because I don't have, I'm not embarrassed at some point. It's not because I'm not nervous. Not because I don't have excuses. I do it because God asked me to. And one of the th- easiest things to think in our faith is this. And I know, you, I know you've thought it because I've thought it myself. God is so big, it won't matter. If I don't do it, someone else will. Someone else will. God loves him enough, he'll send somebody else. What if everybody thought that way? What if everyone put the responsibility on everyone else's shoulders? Well, I don't need to pray for him. I can just post prayers on their status. I can just comment prayers and someone else will pray with them. I don't need to share the gospel with them. If God God really wants them, he'll send somebody else that, that, that knows more than me. I don't need to serve at church. Someone else will, someone else will take care of it. We got plenty of people here. I don't need to tithe, I don't need to give to the church. Someone else that has more money than me and in a better position, they're gonna take care of it. They'll be fine. Guys, if, every, if everyone thinks like that, the church, this church will cease to exist. Those people will continue to never get prayed for. That, that person will die and they will never know the hope that Jesus can offer to them. Guys, I'm hoping I'm hitting you today with a reality check this morning. I hope that that this might be one of our wake-up calls together. No one else is going to do it. No one else is going to do it for you. You know why? Because God didn't ask them. God asked you. If the Holy Holy Spirit, with His voice, reveals it to you, it isn't something someone else can do. If the Holy Spirit shares it with you, it's because he wants you to do something about it. You've got to decide today that if God asks you to do it, if, the, if God leads you to it, you've got to pre-commit and say, yes, yeah, I'll do it. Because someone's eternity hinges on you saying yes to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Guys, you've got a significant responsibility. I'll close with this passage, Isaiah chapter 48. This is what the Lord says Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what's best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to what I said, your peace would have been like a river, your well being like the waves of the sea. When we follow God's lead, We find what's best for us. He leads us into peace. He leads us into well-being. Here's my question for you this morning. I want you to think about this as you leave. Who is leading who in your life? Who is leading who? Are you going to let God be your leader and your guide, or are you going to continue to live your life by your own rules? You're never going to regret saying yes and letting him take the lead. You're never going to regret saying yes and following Him. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.